between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Our Lord, we bless your name this morning. Thank you for another privilege this morning to come before you in your presence. Lord, to reverence your name. And Lord, we thank you for the blessing of your spirit, the spirit of fellowship, the, the joy of communion, which you caused our heart, Lord, to partake of this morning. Our Father, we thank you. Our prayer now is that let your gates be open. Let your doors be open. Lord, give us an invite, Lord, to, to your table this morning to, to sit with you and to feast with you. And Lord, to be blessed and to enjoy the words of your mouth. Thank you, Father. Let heavens open this morning and Lord, let there come down a blessing. Lord, for every heart, let the dew from heaven fall upon every soul as your doctrine distills upon our heart. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. Lord, use my heart to speak your word. I don't want to speak my own words. But Father, help me to take a waiting posture under you to hear your voice so that we can fellowship with your very thoughts for us this morning. Thank you, our Father. We bless your holy name. <clears throat> In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Okay, let's open our Bibles very quickly. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Um, I want to just do a, give a quick welcome to our mommy here. In our midst. That's... Uh, <laughs> Good morning, mommy. That's Sister Edidion's mom. <laughs> we are glad to have you with us, Ma. Thank you for, for just taking time from your morning to fellowship with your children. Uh, we welcome you. We hope you're having a nice time. Uh, God bless you. Amen. Um, so let's see Psalm 103. Okay, let's see Psalm 103. Thank you, Father. Psalm 103. <clears throat> Glory to Jesus. Verse 19. Psalm 103, 19. If you're there, say amen. amen. Thank you, Father. He says that the Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord, you his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandment, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless you, the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Praise God. That and then bless the Lord his works in all places of 
his dominion and bless the Lord, oh my word, oh my soul. Praise God. Um, in, in chapter, um, let us see. Um, praise God. Um, let us read um, Hebrews chapter 10. <clears throat> Thank you, Father. Hebrews chapter, did I say chapter 10? Okay, let's see chapter 12. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, um, verse 22. Thank you, Jesus. It says, but you are, you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, and the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, praise God, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than what? than the blood of Abel, than that of Abel. In verse 25, it says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escaped who refused him that spake on earth. Praise God. If they escaped, who, if they escaped not, who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from where? From heaven. Say, but whose voice then shook the earth? But now he had promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also what? Heaven. Praise God. And then he says, And this word yet once more signified the removing of those things which are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And wherefore, we receiving a kingdom that cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and what? Godly fear for our God is what? Our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Um, so in verse 20, so our God is a con. Let's see, let's just, we're going to come back. I want us to just capture um, just different, thank you, Jesus. Let's capture different um, breaths from different scriptures. Amen. Let's see Second Corinthians, Second <clears throat> uh, Corinthians chapter 6. Oh, let's see, actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Praise God. Hear they say amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. says, having therefore these promises, 
Uh, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, then perfecting holiness where? In the fear of God. Perfecting, say perfecting. Perfecting holiness where? In the fear of God. Amen. And let's back to um, Hebrews chapter 12. We just read. Let's read that place again. Thank you, Father. Um, it says, verse, quickly, verse 28. It says that, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, that let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with what? Reverence and godly fear. Verse 29, for our God is a what? For our God is a consuming fire. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so it's very clear that this scripture um, are speaking to, um, the, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on the, on the path to coming to God. In Hebrews chapter 12, it was saying, say, you are come unto Mount Zion, right? And he began to speak about the, the place where they are journeying, the spirit, of course, not a physical journey. They are journeying the spirit where it has brought them to. And then he began to also speak concerning the, the dealings about that are found in the path of coming to God, right? Um, the dealings that are, and they, so they are coming, are ended at God. He said, I've come to God and to God, the judge of all. So the final point of man's arrival Praise the Lord in our journey, spiritual journey, is to the point where our soul can get to a place where we have, we come into the judgments of God. Judgments of God means we come into that, you know, where he said that my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, as the far as the heaven is from the earth and all of that. That we want to come to a place where the, we, our soul is exposed to judgment, right? Not judgment in a bad sense, like maybe God is wants to take you to hellfire or the lake of fire. Those, are, those things are the... His soul can get to those places, but that's not all about the judgment. God's judgment is not all about punishment. Right? When you hear judgment, it's not just trying to punish. God's judgment just means the, the flow of God's thought, the, the righteousness of God's thought. Now... People going to the lake of fire and all of that is a consequence of falling short of God's own righteousness. Praise God. Um, but for no soul is born with, nobody is born with the righteousness of God. No person has inherently within themselves God's own kind of righteousness and judgment. So that's the reason for coming. Say coming. coming. So coming, not in the natural, but coming in terms of the, the, the journey of the soul, right? The, the, pro, the proximity, because every soul starts, being, starts from being far away from God's word, judgment. Do you agree? It starts being very far away from uh, the judgment of God. But after a while, the soul gets exposed to God's judgment after a series of events. Praise God now. We know one of the reasons for 
the, for the Lord giving us, first of all, the Holy Spirit is the first, is the first thing that we receive from God according to Ephesians chapter 1, it said, who being the earnest of our inheritance. That's the Holy Spirit. Earnest means the first down payment of our inheritance. Like what, when you get born again, what you receive, the earnest of our inheritance, Ephesians chapter 1, until the redemption of the purchased possession. Praise God. So we receive the Holy Spirit as an earnest, first of all. Then there's also Christ. That's the first thing, the first gift to us is the Holy Spirit. Then after Holy Spirit, you receive Christ, right? And Christ, when you receive Christ, you, you have Christ as also a ladder. Christ is also a Christ is not God, right? In terms of the um, image of Christ. The image of Christ is not the image of God, right? But Christ, Jesus, Jesus Christ... Jesus, who became the Christ, he is the image of God. And so Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, who was born to Mary and Joseph, he grew into, first of all, the image of Christ, praise God, and then Christ, then he, he rose from, through that image, he was able to have conversations with the very word, image of God. Does that make sense to you? Amen. So we are speaking um, concerning the cause of journey that the soul ought to take to come into the very judgments of God. Now, so somebody who has the image of Christ can, you can have the image of Christ, and in other words, you can judge according to the judgment of the new creation. But the judgment of the new creation is still a creaturely judgment. It's not the exact judgment of God. Does that make sense to you? So um, the journey to begin to arrive at God's judgment, like I said, judgment just means righteous, the righteousness of God's thought, the way of his reasoning. Praise the Lord. And God's thought is not just logic. The way men were seen on Wednesday, the difference between the thinking of the mind here and the, the inward, we, call the, we saw that there's another mind called the spiritual mind, which accesses thoughts, scriptural thoughts generally, and can process those thoughts. And those thoughts can, can amount to judgment that are spiritual within the soul. Praise God. And then you see that when you begin to talk about God's judgment, of course, God's judgment is in the realm of the spiritual. Praise God. In the Bible, there is difference between, there's what you call spiritual judgment, or which is righteous judgment, right? The Bible speaks about in 1 Corinthians, it says that um, he that is spiritual judges all things, right? But he himself is judged rightly by nobody. So that is speaking about spiritual judgment. Spiritual judgment is the judgment of a spiritual man. But the judgment of a spiritual man um, is also the judgment of a godly man. It's still below the judgment of God himself. Are you seeing that? But what we are coming to is we are supposed to come into the, the realm or the school of God who is the judge of all. Praise God. Now, but uh, coming, to come there, um, there has to be 
a process in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, very quickly. He said, and having, chapter 7, sorry, verse 1, having therefore these promises that dearly beloved, that let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and what? Spirit, perfecting holiness. Praise God. Perfecting what? Holiness. Where? In the fear of God. So, the, in the, the journey of cleansing from filthiness is the perfection of holiness, but the perfection of holiness is done where in fear, right? And, and when you talk about fear, the, the purpose or the, when the fear of God, you know, the fear of God begins to manifest in the realms before God. Praise God. The fear of God begins to do what? To manifest where? In the realms before God. So it's not, it's not when you get to where God is sitting down and you begin to fear him. Like by the time you get to where God is, it's already too late to fear God. Do you know why? Because he's a consuming fire. Do you understand that? So if, you're, if you have to get to where God is, before you get there, it's too late to fear him. So God has to create a realm before him that is, that is, the, is the, the ultimate purpose of the realm before God. When you see here the word before God in scripture is to raise the fear of God in his soul. You must, the, the soul must, must be, the, the soul must be raised to fear God. Why? Because our God, as they put it there, is a what? Is a consuming fire. Let's see that place. Sorry, is it okay, is it okay for us to just be going back and forth to, between these books? Praise God. That Hebrews chapter, chapter 12, amen. Verse 28, let us, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, and let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably. The word acceptably means um, is, is according for, to a standard that is accepted. You know, the word acceptably here is not just English. It's a scriptural language, right? It's the same. You can relate it to um, the book of Luke when he speaks about the acceptable year of the Lord. Right, the, and the acceptable year of the Lord is the end of the preaching of the gospel of peace. Praise God. The, the preaching of the gospel of peace, or what you call the good tidings. He said that how beautiful are the feet of them that bring out good tidings, that publish peace. So the publishing of peace will bring the, about the acceptable year of the Lord. That word acceptable year means the... Um, year in, in terms of the age of the soul. Praise God. When the year is not in your physical year, year is talking about the age of the soul. You can count the age of the soul in years. They, in the scripture, they count sanctification in years. Praise God. They, they count what? Sanctification in years in the scripture. Then they count consecration unto God in days. In the Bible. Praise God. The day of vengeance of our God. The acceptable year of the Lord. And then the day of vengeance of our God. That's what the prophet said. Praise the Lord. So the day of going to the coming of the, he spoke about the day of God. Uh -huh. So 
God's, God's counting, the, the reason between year and day, you know, this is just the scripture trying to teach us something, um, that there is difference between year and day. Year has count, but day is more specific than years. Do you understand that? You can count, see, how old is this guy? He's 20-something years old. That, when you say someone is 20-something years old, you've said something meaningful concerning them, but you don't have the full concept of their age. Praise God. There are some, in, in, for most things, your years are, are okay. You say, okay, you are 25 years old. We have an idea of how old you are. But there are some things that you must go to the days that, because each day matters. So the reason why they count days in God is because of the specificity of God's judgment. Right? Like God's own judgment is when it comes to the age. of You can't be approximately developed for God. You must be perfect. So be you, you must be perfect. Be you perfect. Even as your word, your heavenly word, Father, is what? Is perfect. Praise God. So... These are just wisdoms in the scripture. So the, when he speaks about the acceptable year of the Lord, the acceptable year of the Lord is talking about the, is a state of the soul where the soul has made peace with God, right? And peace with God is, the, the, is a state of where God checks a person and said, okay, this person can come into my own world and begin to learn my own judgments, do you see that? So, and then we say that the standard for peace with God is fear. That is fear because there is a fear and it's called godly fear. Do you see that? There is what? Godly fear. The word godly fear is also, you can also call that the fear of the godly man. Praise God. We know who the godly man is, that the godly man is Christ. Right, the, the God is the godly man who is different from the divine man. Right, the divine man is a man who has come into God's own judgment, but the godly man is Christ. Praise the Lord. So, the godly man um, is, is a man who has attained what you call the fear of the Lord. If you want to look at it from Isaiah chapter 11. Right where he said that there should come out a root from out of the stem, of, a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch out of his root, and then the spirit of the Lord would be upon him, spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and mind, knowledge, and then finally what the fear of the Lord, and it shall make him of a quick understanding, where in the fear of the Lord. So that thing called the fear of the Lord is what we call the the fear is the fear of a godly man, is a sign that a man has become godly when a man has come into the fear. So this, the sign of the marker of fear of the Lord, or you call godly fear, is we also can also call it acceptable service. Right? It's a place where the soul will serve God to, where the service of that person will become acceptable. Praise God. Now, what makes service acceptable is um, what we call, let us, let us see, um, in Second Corinthians chapter 7. Let's go back again, sorry. 
Second Corinthians chapter seven, um, verse one. It says, "Having therefore these promises, that dearly beloved, that let us cleanse ourselves from what, from all filthiness and of the flesh and of the spirit." So, being cleansed from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, and then is and then perfecting holiness perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Praise the Lord. So there is the, the perfecting holiness in the fear. So that perfection of holiness here is the same thing as being cleansed from filthiness of the flesh and what? And of the spirit. So cleansing from filthiness and of, of the flesh and of the spirit is what produces acceptability. Is the service of God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So the fear of God here is godly fear. Praise the Lord. Or is godly fear or this fear of God here is the fear of the Lord. Right? That fear of the Lord that makes the soul acceptable. Do you see that? Now, what makes the soul acceptable? Let's, let's go back to chapter 6 and let's see verse, that acceptability in verse 17. It says, wherefore, come out from among them. That's first. The first commandment is to come out from among them and then be ye separate, right? Then, as see the Lord, and then touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Praise God. So, touching not the unclean thing, the state of touching all the unclean thing is the prerequisite for being received. That word, being receiving you is acceptability, is accepting. So the, the state where the soul will get received is what you also call the acceptable year of the Lord. Praise the Lord all. So it then means that to, for a soul to get to a point where they touch not the unclean thing means that they have served God acceptably with reverence, and then what? Godly fear. Praise God. So you now see that what they call the unclean thing are two-dimension. They call it, first of all, filthiness of the flesh, and then what? Filthiness of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Filthiness of the flesh and what? Filthiness of the spirit. They call all of those things, are they call them the unclean thing. So anybody who still touches, say touch, Touch, touch. Anybody who still touches the unclean thing has not perfected holiness in the fear of God. Praise the Lord. Anybody who still what, touches what the unclean thing has not perfected what holiness in the fear of God. How does the soul touch the unclean thing? It's not, not just not with your hands. It's not talking about dirty hands, your hand touching things that are dirty. It's talking about with the soul. Praise God, the soul that a person with the soul can still be touching uncleanness. And they are now telling us that it's not possible to avoid uncleanness without fear. Are you seeing that? That what God is checking, even though God is checking, are you touching this thing? But really, what He's actually checking is your fear level. That what makes a soul come into the presence of God is the check how much fear of God do you have? 
That is the standard. The, so the standard is very clear that the standard of holiness is fear. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The, the standard of what? Of holiness, what? Is fear. That what makes God, what makes God accept people are what? Is fear. Now, it's very clear that when God is accepting souls in that acceptable year, that what they are coming into, they are coming into the, the most holy realm of God. And that word for the most holy means the most secret. The most holy realm means the most secret. Those realms, holiness means um, the, it means places of secret. The word holy means separated. There are separations. And we say in the, according to the tabernacle, from the outer court, you go into the holy place. It's, uh, the, the holy place is a realm of secrets. That's why they, you have a veil that's, that, that may prevents you from just going in. That there are things that must be done to a person, a priest, that must make sure that the priest is compatible with secret things at a level. Praise God. And then, then when you go into God's presence, there's another level of secrets. So it means that the realm of the most holy is also the realm of the most secret. Do you see that? The realm of, the, of what? The most holy is the what? The realm of the most secret things. And so the secrets of God or the secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. Praise the Lord. They are with who? They are with them that fear him. And those people, he will show them his covenant. Have you read that in the Bible? So his secrets are with them that fear him. And so it means that fear is what makes you a candidate of being shown the word covenant. Do you see that? Now, the covenant, with that covenant that the secret of God, praise the Lord, or they, they, they use the word Lord there because it's talking about the, the, the time of showing covenant is the season of lordship. You know, there's a Lord in the most holy and there's a Lord in the holy place. Right, so the Lord in the most holy is God who is the Lord. Right? God who is what? The Lord. In the, or they call him the Lord Almighty. Let's see that in Second Corinthians chapter 6. Praise the Lord. So it's very, it's very clear that he who is going to receive is the Lord Almighty. In verse 17, wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord. That's, that is one Lord. Or it's another, it's a, it's a dimension of lordship. But it's not the almighty operation of lordship. Praise God. You know, you know that one of the signs of spirituality is you begin to see demarcations of dealings. Do you, do you know that? That's a sign of, of growth. When somebody who hasn't grown spiritually sees God as just the same thing. It's just God. Right? Just God. You can't, there is no division of God. When you begin to divide God, they say, why are you dividing him? It's just one God that's good to all of us. That's a, it's a childhood state of God. Do you see that? It's a, it's a very childhood state of perceiving God. But when the soul begins to grow, you now begin to see that God has different functions and offices. He has different roles that he plays. Because you begin to see that as you are, as you are becoming more spiritual, you are knowing God, you begin to see many aspects of dealing. You know, it's that, ah, what we've been experiencing from God has been the surface. There's actually so much about God that is hidden. And then the, the journey of spirituality is to 
It's the journey of the discovery of God at his different levels and different, different dimensions. And that's what the Bible is about, praise God. So you see the, the journey of lordship, as, as you're growing, as a, a Christian is growing spiritually, you begin to experience, you begin to experience God in different lordship capacity. The word lord means leader, owner. Lord also means something, almost like a father, someone who trains. The lord means the trainer, the the Lord means the developer. Praise God. So there's, there is the Lord in the, this scripture is dividing different offices of lordship in the Bible. That there is actually lordship at a level that can make you separate. Right? Come out from among them and be separate. That command is what the Lord says. That the first operation of, how many of you know that the, someone who is born again, don't my, just getting born again yesterday and then today, doesn't, such a person doesn't know God as their Lord. First, that lordship of God doesn't just begin from a baby. A, a, a little baby cannot have a lord. A little baby doesn't have the ability to, cons- what is lordship? Training. Why are you trying to train me? Just give me milk. That's what I want to drink. A, a, a baby cannot, cannot come under lordship. Lordship is too high. For a baby, do you go training? You don't train a baby. You just give them milk and all of those things just to to move them out of babyhood first. Training begins from childhood. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, uh, so a, a person who is just born again doesn't know God yet as their Lord. Doesn't know. It's Psalm 23. It doesn't doesn't pertain to every every single child of God yet. Because when you read Psalm 23, a lot of the things in Psalm 23, not every Christian is going through it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Either he maketh me to lie down. It's not every, every, every Christian that lies down in green pastures. There are some Christians that are like little tiny babies that God has to carry like this and pour milk in their mouth. Right, like a sheep. You can't take a sheep who was just born and make him lie down in green pasture. He cannot eat the grass. Neither can such a, uh, a lamb be led with the f- rest of the flock. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's a point where lordship begins. Lordship begins in the school of Christ. When it's time to impart the nature of Christ. What's the nature of Christ? The nature of Christ is the spiritual nature which every baby Christian has to grow into. It's, Christ means another man. Not the first creation who was, was initially Adamic but has fallen even into flesh, fleshy state. And such a person, when you get born again, you cannot, you cannot stretch yourself just in babyhood into spiritual nature. Praise God. But rather, such a person comes to a point where they can, reap the, they can, they can be in a point where they can reap the carnal benefits of God, which is being a child of God. God can bless you. You know, naturally, praise God. But there will be a time when it's now a season for you to have a Lord. It's like a Christian. You're growing up. God is good. You pray. God answers. God gives you things. You can do miracles. You can lay hands on the sick. So these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. Even if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. From you, once you get born again, those things, you can do all those things. But then after a while, they now say, okay, it's now time for you to have a Lord. You didn't have a Lord before. 
How do we know you do not have a Lord? You always do whatever you want. Even though you are a Christian, you pray for whatever you want. Whatever you desire, you ask for it. You use the name of Jesus. You do all kinds of things. But, but you've not been led before. And you've not been, they've not restricted your appetite and your desire. They haven't restricted what things your heart goes after. They haven't changed your food. They haven't changed what things you feed on and what you feast on. And they haven't changed the, the infusion of thoughts. That's what food is. Food means what thought you take up constantly and daily. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So in that season, when those things begin to change, that's how you know you now have a Lord. Now, to get born again, you confess the Lordship of Jesus with your mouth. They made it very clear that, look, this is a mouth something here. You're not doing it yet. In, in, in Romans chapter 10, right, that said, either if you believe in your heart, the, right, that the Lord Jesus, if you confess with your mouth, sorry, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So what you did to get born again is to confess with your mouth his lordship. So, but confessing with his lordship with mouth is not the same as coming under his lordship. We bring in your soul, your mind, your heart, your will under his lordship. Such a task of people who have been brought themselves under the lordship of him, they are in the school of being spiritual. So, so the journey, the difference between a carnal person, a, a carnal Christian, and a, a Christian who is becoming spiritual is that they have subscribed to the lordship of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So and we're not saying that lordship, what they are teaching us here is that lordship are in levels. There is the initial lordship of Christ. The lordship of Christ is the lordship to impart the spiritual nature of Christ, to make you spiritual. That's the first thing they must do. If God does not make you spiritual, you are useless to God. God, he can bless you, he can give you money and cars and things, but until you become spiritual, you are useless to God. You are just, God can't use you for anything. Because God is a father of spirits, people who have spiritual nature. And then being, and being spiritual is not conferred on you by being born again. Being spiritual, has to, you have to be raised up spiritually. You have to grow up spiritually to stop being carnal and then become what? Spiritual. Am I, getting, am I making sense to you? And then, so that's what, what the Lord does is to produce spiritual people. The purpose of lordship is to do what? To produce what? Spiritual people. To produce people who are spiritual. And then what is the beginning of spirituality is separation. That's what we see here. The beginning of what? Spirituality is what? Is separation. First separation. And then the training of the receiving of the fear of the Lord. Those are the two things that they need to do, the Lord needs to do to a person. Make the person separate, and then what? Make the person come into what? The fear. To be, someone to be, to be a fearer of the Lord is also the same thing as becoming acceptable or receiving sanctification. Praise the Lord. So there, is, there are two lordships we're talking about here. First, the lordship to produce fear in you. That's the Lord. 
then you now see a graduation in lordship. Somebody who has the fear of the Lord already now needs another lord or another kind of lordship. That's what they call the Lord Almighty here. So he who will receive you, when he said, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, is the Lord who? The Lord Almighty. That word Almighty means is the Almighty school of lordship. That when what they teach in that school of is every person who who's produced, who's a product of the Lord Almighty, is a person that has undergone all the learning that God desires a man to undergo. The training, all the training and all the school of man is beyond just being spiritual. Is you are now beginning to, is the training, the Lord Almighty is the teacher of the, the judgments of Almighty God himself. So, but for him, for his soul to, to, to be accepted into that school, he has to be received, right? So, and the criteria for being received is what? Is the fear. Amen. Praise the Lord. Say fear. 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 Now, fear is an interesting thing because man does not fear. Man doesn't fear. When I, what I mean that is that man fears everything but God. Praise the Lord. Man does what? Man fears everything but God. Man, fear, man even fears animals. <laughs> Praise God. A man can fear mosquito. He can fly, fear anything. So, so what it means is that fear, man is not absolute, completely void of fear. But it's that when he's speaking about fear, the fear which the, which the school of lordship imparts to the soul is not fear of anything. It is the fear of who? The fear of God. God's own kind of fear. Praise God. Now, one of the things, the main thing that, that fights the fear of God in the soul is a, a person's fear for their own life. Praise God. So what fights God's fear is the fear for our own life. Now, every fear you have, you can tie it to a fear for your life. Praise God. Every fear you have, you can tie it to what? A fear for your life. And fear for your life is not, just, it's not fear for your physical life. Fear for your physical life can be a part of fear for your life. But somebody can, can overcome the fear for their physical life but they still fear for their life. Right, so somebody, like the person who gives their life to be, give them their bodies to be bound, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but have not charity. So why would he give his, his body to be born? Because there is something about giving his body to be born that he feels will, will add a final trophy to his inward life. That even when he does it, when he leaves, they will still be singing about him. Ah, this is that guy that gave himself and gave his body to be born. Praise God. But they say such a person can have not charity. Now, if you, so if you ask me, what is charity? It's very clear that charity 
is the full stature of the fear of the Lord. Right? That's what charity is. Charity is the, is the what? It's the, it's the full stature of what? Of the fear. Oh, another word for charity is that charity is the, is the, praise God, is a, is a kind of, charity is a state of a soul that has perfected service that makes them acceptable to God. Right, that is what charity is. That charity in First Corinthians chapter 13. Do you see that? So it's very clear then that so a person who can give their body to be burned but have not charity, that such a person still has a life somewhere. He still has a life somewhere that he, that he feels that his, his physical dying can add to. It's like, a, it's, it's like, it's like he's, that life... He has even been able to make a calculation concerning his inward life. That this inward life, he knows there's something about his image, reputation. That is, and that thing called image, reputation, is one of the most important aspects or the most important, um, praise the Lord, it's one of the most important parts or aspect, element of the, the inward life. Right, when I say inward, I mean the life of the soul. Imagine such a calculation. Somebody can decide to die to add to their, the life. So how does someone learn that? Only a spirit can teach that. Now, if the person who is deciding that, he doesn't know that's what he's doing. Someone who is deciding that can think he's dying for God. But check it, is that he, it's not that he's dying. That's not the problem. The problem is that he has no charity. So... They're trying to show you a state that as somebody who has no charity, so it's very clear that what is leading the person to die is not charity. Now, there are martyrs who, who have level of charity who will count in the spirit. So martyrdom is not bad. That's something that can happen. Praise the Lord. Like it happened to the apostles and those people. Praise God. But there is... This one that has not charity. So if a man is willing to give his body to be born, but hath not charity, it means that what is, what is pushing such a thing is the person is, able, is seeing what? He's seeing the, the, what will happen to my name. Ah, when they, once they, they, they realize that, ah, I mean, I died for this cause. And then he, he's, he's seeing his name going on for years and centuries, maybe after he has died. And he's able, to, he's able to take that. So in his, while he's alive, he can, he, can, he can reach into the future and capture the, the, the benefit of that. And then and he said that if I can enjoy the, the assurance that that's going to happen to me, I can, I'm willing to give my body to get that. I get what I'm saying. That's the, the, the subconscious calculation of the, such a person. It's just because he knows that he's going to, he's going to have, give a name to him. Are you saying... So you see what constitutes life to the soul, the, 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 the inward person, praise God, is very, very, it's hard to nail it and to, to say, okay, ah, this is my life today, I've given you Jesus. Like Jesus, I want you to take everything, take everything, I don't want it, I don't need it, amen, and then praise God, but 
We don't really know. You don't know that life you want to give to him. We don't know where it is stored. We don't know where it, it is kept. If, it was, if you know exactly what your life is, it's easy to just wake up and say, Jesus, I give it to you now today. But you now discover that it, a person, you need revelation. That's the, the school of the sanctuary. Is to, is to, there's so, something must happen for to get to the storage of a person's life. For it to be given to God, you need fire. Say fire. 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 Fire is what, fire is what, it, fire, fire consumes. And then the, the, the standard that, there's no way for them to trust the giving of your life until you've been able to submit that life to a fire that will burn until everything that can no longer be burnt is gone. That's the, that's the standard. Praise the Lord. So, so the standard of sanctification, right, is a soul, for a soul to be deemed sanctified to the point of acceptability before God, that such a soul must have been, must have passed through the fire of God. F- passed through. Praise the Lord. But then that fire, that, I mean the fire, there, there are different levels of fire. There is a fire that burns in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. That is, uh, when you see even, even in, the most, uh, in the most holy realm, the, the light which God uses in his most holy, in the, I mean the light of his seeing, of God's judgment, is also fiery in nature. God himself is a consuming fire. So what it means is that when you, when you look at you know, his shininess and his glory in nature, that when you jam the being that is inside that place, that, that's why nothing that has not passed through another fire must never come to that realm. Praise God. The word consuming fire is, is a different kind of language. It's, it's, it's more than just a, a purifying fire. Praise God. It's more than just a purifying fire. God, God himself is a, word, is a consuming fire. Praise God. God has zero tolerance for anything that's not in alignment with his frame. And then it's alignment. I'm talking to you today not about the God that the world has created for themselves. I'm talking about the God of the Bible. Praise God. The God of the Bible is a consumer of anything that does not look like him. Anything. If you come to God and with a contrary thought, you are in, you are in danger. Any being that comes to God with a word, a contrary thought. That's why. So because of that, the Lord has, he created realms before him. It's mercy. It's actually mercy. God said that. God, mercy told God, you cannot relate with man the way you are. Just roll like this. You can't. You can't. Please don't try to do it. Don't try to relate with man without some kind of buffer. You have to, first of all, you have to put on a cover, cover yourself first. Are you seeing that the, when he says that that this covering, who covered thyself with light as with a garment? That was Psalm 104. So it was mercy was telling him, you have to cover yourself. You cannot. So in when they were planning the creation of the, the bringing forth creation, they told him you can't just create an earth and put man there, and then just come. You you can easily consume man. So when you create earth, create a place where you will stay. But the place where you will stay, you have to make it a covering for yourself. That's what you call heavens. 
right? So we saw that when he said that I covered that set with light as a garment, then he said thou stretched out heavens as a curtain. That's Psalm 104. What verse is that? Praise the Lord. And so it's very clear that the, the stretching out of the heaven as a curtain is the, the heaven is all the coverings of God. That any soul who will ascend, you are, is ascending to God, the summary of that Hebrews 12, that last place we we're reading is that a soul that is coming to God, you know, we have come to Mount Zion and all of that, yes, then eventually to the God of all. Then later, then I'll tell you that I see that God that you are coming to is a consuming fire. Yes, are you getting what I'm saying? You are, you are ascending to a consuming fire. When I say ascension, I'm talking about a soul's advancement in. I'm talking about spiritual advancement. Spiritual. You sure you know souls, every soul is advancing, whether you like it or not. That there is no soul that, that the way the world is, you can't just be flat and say, I don't want to be anything. I just want to be like a sheep or like a ram. I, can I be like a chicken that only, all I only want to think for is just how to live on the earth and just, I don't want, you see all these spiritual things, so I don't, I'm not interested, I just want to be just like an animal. You can't. Why? Because you can't resist spiritual influence. Even if you say, I don't want to care about anything, praise God, that thought of not wanting to care about anything came from a spirit. And even by thinking that way, you are being exposed. Your soul is being, is being exposed to movement. Yes, sir. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. You can't, this, this earth is, was not, is not a permanent site. Yeah. Earth is a beginning point for soul. They sow the soul into the body. And then from where the soul is in the body, it comes into a world of influence of spirits. And each of the spirits that are in this world, their, 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 their goal is to add spiritual substance to the soul. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Is to add what? Spiritual what? Substance to the soul. Add spiritual substance to the soul. So every soul is going on a journey. Whether you prayed between yesterday and today, or fasted or something, that's not what I'm talking about. We're just saying that things just made you move. Who you were yesterday is not who you are today. By virtue of you taking, you take thought. Yes, you thought about things. Yes, Something happened to you. Jesus. You are not the same person yesterday that you are today. Hey. <laughs> Praise God. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't be thinking something and then it will not be changing you. Oh. Say thought. Oh. It means that thought is the, is the, is the, is the push of spirits. They want to make you, if they want a soul, if Satan, the devil, wants a soul to come towards him, you have to know that he also has, he has his own, he has his own heavenly arrangement. And that's what he wants to bring souls into. Right? In the, in the realm of the spirit, you can also call it, you can also call it, you won't call it ascension, you can call it more like descending. Right, you can call it like more, it's more like descending, right? More descending beyond the ground. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So sometimes where they are bringing souls from, when you look at the earth like this, 
May, most people are not on the earth. Do you get what I'm saying? Most people, when you look at, if they look at the earth spiritually, what they will see are animals and all of that. They don't see men here anymore. Do you, go, do you understand what I mean? Like the man of the earth is the natural man. It's an Adam. An Adam is the man who you can find on the earth. Means that when you check him, you see the natural Adamic life which God created that has not been influenced by spirit. Praise God. But when you look for, right now when they check the earth, you don't see men. Because men are taking downward journey. You actually have to go down. That's why when Jesus Christ just had to die. Because when Jesus came, he was looking for men to save. They sent him to the earth. Men were not here on the earth. Men were not here on the earth. So that's why if you, when, if you read the book of Ephesians chapter 4, he had to descend. He had to descend. Where he, where he, where he descended to, he, he went to the depths that man can, how deep will man ever go? But that is not really the full depth of man. It's just the, he, he descended to the depth that God made provision for. God did not make provision for all the depths. I mean, you get what I'm saying? There's, a, there's a realm called the bottomless pit. That's another realm entirely that nobody can go into the bottomless pit and, and come out. <laughs> sure, you know hell is not, not a bottomless pit. Uh-huh. So there are souls who went to hell. Jesus, when he, was, when he was ascending, he brought souls out. Souls who have descended. By virtue, they, they finished their descension into, into hell. Praise God. But you see those, those spirits, now actually the Bible didn't say he brought, there were eight souls in the time of Noah, right? There were eight souls in the time of Noah who, who were saved in the ark. Praise the Lord. When he was speaking concerning those who he brought out, he said he went to preach to the spirits in prison. Do you get what I'm saying? That's a different thing. He went to speak to the the spirit. So when it says speak with the, to the spirit in prison, their, their spirits were there because by virtue of their soul's journey, they had descended. So when such people, when their, their bodies and their soul, their spirit and their soul left their body, there's no other place for you to go. You have to go to, in, and hell is not just one place. You have to understand that when you get to hell, you see that Hell is also a prototype of heaven. Why? Because the beings, the spirits that make up hell, they are spirits that fell from heaven. They have their order in heaven. You have principalities and powers. You also have, you have spiritual wickedness in high places. You have rulers of darkness of this world. Then you have them then you have all kinds of spirits. They have spiritual weakness in high places. When you get to hell, you see they have their, their, their stratas. So hell is almost like a heaven. And then when souls, when spirits go there, they go there according to soul position. So wherever the soul has journeyed into, they will, they will so, so when you, the Bible speaks about the lowest parts of hell. Why, why would they talk about the lowest parts of hell if there are no different dimensions of hell? It was the, Jesus descended into the lowest parts of hell. The, so the lowest part of hell is very clear. The lowest part of hell will be the highest dimension of heaven that angels fell from. Uh, do you see that? So the, the higher they were, the deeper their fall. 
Do you see that? The, the higher they, they were, what? The, the deeper they are, they are fall. Then, but, but Jesus Christ went to the, to the very depths of hell. He was able to bring souls from there. But, but I mean, you know, Satan himself is deeper than hell. That's the devil himself. He's deeper. He's deeper than hell. Praise God. He's what? The devil himself is deeper than hell because of he, where he fell from. He fell from the very realm of God, from the very presence of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. So hell is his creature. He was the one who designed it. He was the one who designed the, the stratas of hell and he put his angels, they fell into their own place in hell. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Now, now the, let me show you as the same way you have heaven. And you have angels coming and going. That's how you have angels ascending to and descending from hell on the earth. You have angels ascending and what? Descending from hell. And when they are coming, they are coming with their nature to the earth. Praise God. They, and they have, they, when you look at the earth, they have their different places. They were able to take our heaven. So, when you look at the, the, the heavens of the earth, the heavens of the earth, when you go to the heavens of the earth right now, not God's own heaven, I mean the spiritual heaven of the, of the earth, when you get there, what you find there is hell. I'm sorry I'm saying all these things, but we just have to teach them to, so we understand things. Praise God, so we are not ignorant. So if you ask me what is, what is over the nations of the earth, say, so, well, it's not heaven above. No, there is hell. When you, when you are going upward, you meet hell because man surrounded the heavens of the earth, surrendered the heavens of the earth to Satan. So Satan took the heavens of the earth and set up his own shop there that every rain that is falling freely upon man must be falling from this place. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the rain that of nature that is falling. Am I, am I teaching you something? That, uh, what do I mean by heavens is above of the earth is hell? What I mean is that when you just live a soul naturally, what thoughts do they access? Do, you, do men freely access God's thought? Like when they wake up, the occurring thought to them. Let's say nobody preached to them. They didn't encounter a preacher. Bible wasn't open. Nothing. They didn't listen to a message. Just woke up in the morning and were going out. What are the thoughts that come to a natural man? Their thoughts is the thought of the heavens of the earth, which Adam used to occupy, which Adam gave to, to spirits. Right? And then those spirits took those, took those places and through that vantage position, it's called the air. They, they set up their own cadres of spirits there. I get what I'm saying. And it's from there they begin to, to channel thoughts and begin to, to reign and then to send dominion through their thoughts to men. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so God, um, he, you now see God's own heaven, that heaven of God, praise God, where he is, was a product of his mercy. Right, his mercy saying that we don't want you to be exposed to God, to man like that. Rather, 
stretch out yourself, and then heaven, make heaven like a syllabus that man who wants to ascend up to you will have to learn. Do you see that? Now, so each learning of heaven, like we've seen, first of all, the, the separation aspect, that as the first dimension of heaven is to impart separation to the soul. So se- separation is the, first, is the first training of lordship. Right? Then after separation, in, the, in lordship, the soul now begins to, a place, to come to a place of sanctification. Now, now sanctification, the purpose of sanctification is impartation of fear. But what I'm trying to say is that fear cannot be imparted without burning. Fear cannot be imparted without what? Without burning. It is burning that imparts fear. Praise the Lord. That imparts fear. Now we say, what is this fear? Why isn't fear? Now, fear, fear is faith. Right? You see, I want to show you fear of God. Then I want to show you what fear of what the kingdom. So there, there is a fear that angels which fell carry. There is also a fear of God which angels of God carry. And each fear is opposite to, opposing to each other. Are you seeing that? So the sign, the, the scene of angels, just what, what actually made angels fall. The fall of angels is the, is the, is the moving from from the perpetual losing of their life. That was perpetual losing of their life means that they were put in places where they function without, without a sense of self-preservation. Um, they were dead to themselves. Praise God. That's how God put them. But the killing of an angel is to make an angel alive to himself. That's the work that Satan did to kill an angel. Once you do that to an angel, the angel is gone. That was what happened to Lucifer. That's Lucifer woke himself up from where God put him. Initially, he was a spirit that hearkened unto the voice of the Lord, that do his pleasure, and that hearkened unto his voice. But after a while, he changed, and he woke himself up and began to have his own, I will, I will exalt myself, I will do this, I will do that. Amen. The next I said, I will be like the Most High. So, that word, I will, was, is a sign of life. That there's a life that he didn't have before, that he began to have. It's an inward life that says, I will. So the word, I will, is a contrary statement to dying. Do you see that? So, I will means I will. I wasn't the will of God anymore. It's now I will. So, I will means... Is living unto himself. Do you see that? Living unto himself is his will, and that's the same thing he sold to other angels, that you too can have a will as well. Do you see that? So it's very clear that, so a person, or an angel, those angels, they couldn't take up their own will without coming out of their deadness. Right? They have to come, when I say deadness now, that place where they are being dead to themselves and then just constantly alive to God, not thinking about their own self. That was their initial position. But then Satan then came and then gave, gave them the, he killed them by awakening self, with a, a awareness or 
a concern for oneself or a sign of preservation. Now, I'll tell you, when you're able to open up will, the, at the core of will is self-preservation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Self-preservation, when you check every motive of will of a person is to preserve himself. If, if a, a person, a will that comes from a person, if a person will not will something that does not, should not, will not result in their own preservation. Right? It, it, you will not naturally will something that doesn't result in your own preservation. That personal will is a statement of, you know, something that it comes from an instinct to be preserved. Are you seeing that? So that, that thing is the, that is the nature, is the, is the common denominator among all fallen spirits. Yeah, it's the common, that's why they are troubling man. Do you know that? Because they know, they know their time is short. They know that God has sealed things, but they, they won't just rest and say, okay, God, since you've decided you want to kill us, why can't you just kill us today? And say, God, we answer. They can never do that. There's something about their, they want to, to perpetuate. So the Bible was speaking about him knowing that his time is short. And that's a woe to the inhabitants of the earth because this being has come down to you having great wrath because his time is short. So that, he knows his time is short, and then his, the shortness of his time is a problem to him. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. Now, so that the will of spirits to which they have is a nature of self-preservation. That's the nature which drives the world. Check the world. The systems of the world. Every nation thinks self-preservation. Every organization thinks self-preservation. Every company is self-preservation. Every person is self-preservation. Self-preservation is the common denominator in the world. Everything, every adventure, every, every design, every exploration, every venture, every business, everything on the earth, is, there's nothing in this world that you will take apart and you will find at the core of it the desire for self-preservation. It means that self-preservation is the only reason why men act. That is the plague of spirits, fallen spirits. That's the plague they put on man. Is a plague because that also is the common denominator of their nature. You can never find an evil spirit or a spirit of, of, from, of darkness who doesn't have a, at his core, his core, the desire for what? For self-preservation. Are you seeing that? Praise God. So that desire for self-preservation is, the Bible speaks about that thing. They call it the fear of death. Yes. Yes. Do you get that? They, they call it what? The fear of death. The fear of death. The fear of death. Praise God. Am I making some sense to you? So what is the fear of death? The fear of death is the evil death. Right? You can also call it the fear of dying. That's one way to look at it. Amen. You can call it the fear of dying, but it's not just the fear of dying. The fear of death is the fear which death 
produces. Anytime there is death, I mean death, which is the nature of the devil, anytime you find that nature there, there is a fear that it produces. The opposite of the fear of death is the fate of life. Are you seeing that? There's, there's the fate of life. That is, any time life will come, there must be fate first. Because the just shall live by faith. That is, faith is what must be present. For there to be life. Are you seeing that? So you see, faith and fear, too, they are two opposing forces. <laughs> Are you seeing that the faith and what? Fear are toward opposing forces. Faith, faith produces life. The same with fear will produce death. Praise God. So faith produces what? Life. The same way what? Fear will produce death. And when I'm talking of death now, we are talking about separation from God. Right? And that word for separation from God means... The, a person's, a person's, um, a person's, what causes separation from God is the existence of a will that is not God's will. That's a, it's like, you could call it like self-will or something. It's, when there's a will in a creature that's not the will of God, then it causes what? It, it, it's, so it's will that separates. So when a person has a will outside God's will, it separates them. If a person wants to come back, that person must exchange his own will for God's own will. So it means that God's own will is what produces coming. Without God's will is the magnet. God's will is what magnets soul to himself. Are you seeing that? Because the, the exchange of man's will for God's will is what will... Um, that exchange of man's will for God's will is what will heal the debt inside of a soul. And are you getting what I'm saying? Every time, so it's will, it's exchange of will. You need to see this. These are transactions. We're talking about this is language of transaction, of spiritual transaction. Devil doesn't want you to ever know this. Because he knows that your, once you know this, Christianity will just change for you. Things will just change. You know that you can defeat him every day, constantly. You can just be, you can be defeated and breaking his, you can dismantle his whole creation. You can dismantle his whole work. You can dismantle the, all the, the building of dominion that he has created, both inside of you and even in your environment. That's why when a, a person begins to walk in the will of God on the earth, you judge spirit. You want to, how do you cast spirit out? Is by the will of God. Spirit, that I'm talking about these angels, they don't obey. Go now, I thereby go to the Atlantic Ocean in Jesus' name. I cast you out into the desert. That's not, that's not what, I mean the spirit that plague men, that result in the path that men follow. They don't obey such things. There are laws in the spirit. So you can't be casting out a spirit. And when they check inside you, Everything you do is coming out of the desire to preserve your life. Then you say, hey, I cast you out. They can act as if they are going, but they are laughing at you. Yeah. 
Like the seven sons of Skiva that went to cast out a demon. Wow. That one is even a demon. That's not even like a, an evil spirit. Wow. All right? Say in the name of uh, Jesus Christ who Paul preaches. They said, then, then the spirit said, okay, Jesus we know, Paul we know. But. So when they say Jesus we know, Paul we know, what is the meaning of that? It means that Jesus has registered in the spirit. Paul has registered in the spirit. When, they, when you mention Paul, spirits shake, they shiver. The same way they, they, they are frightened at the name of Jesus. What makes them shiver? Is alignment. So, so, so if, if they said that, okay, in the name of Jesus Christ, who Paul preaches, say, if we know Jesus, we know Paul. It means that Paul's, Paul has also come into a name in the spirit. And Paul's own name is not his own name. It's also the name of Jesus. Because they can't know your own name. When I say your own, I mean that if, if you have your own will in the spirit, praise, praise the Lord. If you have your own will in the spirit, you don't have any kind of you know, when they look in this, when they check you, Annabelle, they say, this is still Annabelle. And they check around the name and they, they say there are no other things around the name. So, what, what qualifies name spiritually is will. Wow. They say, what, whose will is this person obeying? Wow. That's it. What demarcates, like when you look at heaven, look at the stratas of heaven. Is according to wheels that they do. Different wheels. Bless you, the Lord. All you is, is what? Angels who what? Excel in strength, hearkening unto the voice of his word. That voice of his word is will. Yes, sir. That's what they hear. Yes, sir. Those angels, they hearken unto the voice of his word. Then bless you, the Lord, all you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Pleasure is will. It's another will that they have. Then all you his works in all places of his dominion. When you say God's own works, they are, they are beings of his work. They manifest his work. When you say, what is the work of a person? The work of a person is the will of a person. Do you, do you agree with that? Yes, sir. So who did this work? You are the one who did it. What is work? Work is the expression of will. Yes, sir. His will is, is a demonstration of a will. When you say you worked it out. Yes, it's because of, it's according to, as you will, you walk. Yes, as you, so, you see all those angels, the whole of heaven is according to different wills of God. You saw it in the book of Romans chapter 12. I, pray, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies unto God as a living sacrifice, holy and, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. So it's very clear, those who have come into presenting themselves holy and acceptable, which is their reasonable service, they are those who have serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That's what he called the, that reasonable service, the acceptability. I may not conform to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and then what? The perfect will of God. So 
the good, acceptable, and then the perfect will of God. Those are the, you can see, those are also the, the levels of ascension in God. Or they are also the levels of service to God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, through will, you can journey or you can ascend through will. Now, when I say, what do I mean by will? I mean the exchange of will, right? The exchange of what? Of the exchange of will. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. Now, God, um, when he stretched out the heavens like a curtain, Right, what he was actually stretching out were graduations of his will that souls will need to come into. You know, we are talking about coming. Now, we are, you are understanding coming is according to, according to wills of God. Right? Will. There is, somebody can be doing the good will of God. But there is what you call, that he might prove what is that good then acceptable. This is not just English playing with English. They are different. They are talking about good will, acceptable. They are two different dimensions of God's will. Yes, so there is, there is a dimension of God's will that is good. Yes, it means the person is doing good things, but it's not yet acceptable. If it's not yet acceptable because he hasn't served God yet acceptably. And what makes a particular will of God, good, but not acceptable, is the lack of godly fear. Hmm. Wow. That you might, you might serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Do you get that? So it means that some, a soul should be doing the good will of God. You should be increasing the, in the good will until a point where you have done it unto acceptability. So, is, and so the measure of acceptability is godly fear. Do you see that? So, the training of fear, how will they impart fear to the soul? Is that a soul can never fear God without the exercise of the will of God. It is the exercise of the will of God that results in the fear of God. Exercise, okay, this is the good will. This, ah, this is good. Ah, okay. Now, how do, you, how do you receive good things? It's very clear you receive good things by the gospel because the, the gospel is the good news. Praise the Lord. Another way to put it in the book of Isaiah, it said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the word, the good tidings. Good tidings means good news. Another word for good news is good will. Yes, sir. Right? It's good news or is the good will of God. But so them that, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach good tidings, that publish it peace. Another word for peace is acceptability or peace with God. Praise the Lord. It's acceptability. Amen. Amen. So, God's will, when a soul receives the good will of God, the good will of God means anything that is good means something that came from faith. Praise the Lord. What did I say? Anything that is what? Good is what? Something that came from faith. 
If you want to check good things, anything that didn't come from faith is not good. That's how you can find goodness. That's how you t- the test of goodness is check faith. You ha- I got this. How did it come? Did it come out from your faith or your fear? Say, oh, ah, ah, okay, well, I didn't really think about it that way. Oh, oh, okay, well, hmm, hmm, hmm. If it came out of your fear, it's not good. That's how you can tell what is good in your life. Some of us, we have more things in our life that came from our fear than our, our faith. It's not every Christian who is getting things by faith. Or it's not everything in your life that came from faith. Many things came from fear. Fear of, fear of tomorrow, fear of your life, fear of your name, fear of your reputation, fear for your family, fear for your pride, fear for your status, fear for your future. Fear, I get all kinds of fears. So what is fear? Fear, fear is the tidings of spirits. Fear is the gospel of spirits. Fear is the message of spirits. Is the preaching of spirit. Fear is what the world preaches. Fear is the gospel of the world. Everybody, nations are driven by fear. Fear of next year. Fear of tomorrow. Fear of next, the next generation. Fear, fear of extinction. Fear, all kinds of fears are what drives nations. Organizations. People. The, at, the, at the core of the world, you find what? Fear. And fear is a strong message. Hell is empowered to preach fear to men. The world is anointed to preach fear. If you're not fearing enough, they will add it to you. Look, be careful. You can waste your future. <laughs> if you are not very careful... What is that in his fear of tomorrow? Yes, sir. That's what Jesus was trying to deal with. Take no thought for your life. He was a, he, he, Jesus was tracing evil to those things. It's sufficient for the days. The, sufficient for the days, the evil thereof. It means that just leave the day alone. There's plenty evil in the day. Where is, where is the evil there? It's, it's the installment of concern. You wake up naturally with concern. You just be afraid for tomorrow. What's going to happen? It's in the air. It's, you can smell it. You can smell it. It's everywhere. It's, your, it's, your, it's the default of men. The default driver of men is fear. Someone is walking in the office. You have this position. Every single day, fear. When you see your fear, my, my money, okay, can I just see you at uh, 2 o'clock and we have a meeting? What, what's happening? Fear. It's, fear is a, is a default. Fear is the default, um, um, fear. Fear is what makes the, it regulates heartbeat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, the, it's the heartbeat regulator. So why is it regulating heartbeat? When, when fear comes, why does the heart beat faster? It means there's something between fear and life. Fear is what beats the heart. Fear, fear is the tick. You must fear. It's according to people make plans according to what they fear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If man write me a proposal for the next ten years of your life, and when you write it, that then you read it, that's a summary of all the things that he fears. Yes, wow. At this time, you must do this. 
You have to achieve this one at this other time. Before we get to this time, you have to get this. That's the record of the things that he, what? The things that he feared. Things that he fears. So as long as there is fear present, gates to hell are open. You cannot stop hell when you are afraid by when you have the fear of death, the fear that they have sown into the world. Am I making some sense to you? You can't, you can't, you can't. And they check, spirits check. They know when their fear is in you. The fear of things that they put. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, when Jesus was teaching, he was teaching about the gates of hell, right? In um, Praise God. So, upon this rock, I'll build my church, right? That was after the Lord breathed upon Peter, and he was saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Said, Blessed are thou, Simon, by Jonah, because flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, he now began to say that upon this rock, told him about his name, first of all, that your name is now what? Peter, right? And then he said, but he began to speak about the rock of revelation, that upon this rock will I build my church, and that the gates of hell will not prevail. The rock of that, that, say rock. 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 The rock upon which the church will be built. Say build. build. It's very clear that the purpose of building is for ascension. Yes, it's, to, it's for ascension. Another word for coming up, coming to God. Is that you cannot, you don't just fly to God. You, are, you get built up. Yes, right? It's, it's true building, stature. By stature, line upon line, precept upon precept, the beauty soul gets built up to God. Praise the Lord. Now, that building up to God, that building is the building which God wants to do in the church. Am I correct? And it was saying to Peter that upon this kind of experience, which is the, the, the experience of revelation knowledge, that upon this experience will I build my church and then, then when I build it, then the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Upon this rock will I build my church, and then the gates of hell will not prevail. So it's very clear that the, the gates of hell, prevailing of the gates of hell, is not determined whether gates of hell will prevail, will prevail or not. It's not really determined on what is being built. That's not the real, pro, the real thing. The, the, the building matters too, but what the gate of hell primarily is positioned against is what it is built upon. Do you see that? It's what it is built upon. So he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So it is the rock upon which the church should be built. 
That's what the gates of hell fights against. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because once that rock is there, you've done a, a, a great victory against hell. Once that rock is there, if they can put that rock upon, that's the rock he was saying, before, before, behold, I lay in Zion, Isaiah chapter 28, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. That word stone means that the only foundation we lay in Zion is a stone. If it's not stony, it cannot be a, a Zion foundation. God cannot build on it if it's not stony. So, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, for a foundation, a stone. Then from that stone, you see there's graduation. If a stone, a tried stone. Whenever you hear tried, you know that anything they try is fate. That is the only thing God tries. It's fate. Do you agree with me? The trying of your faith being much more precious. First Peter chapter 1, than gold that perished, that, even though it is tried with fire. It's tried with fire. It might what? Be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the what? Appearance of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So the trying of our faith, faith is what they try. Are you getting on that? So if faith is what they try, it means that the foundation stone of Zion is faith. The foundation of faith. Faith, so it means faith in the spirit is stone. Do you understand what I mean? Faith in the spirit is what? Stone. Stone is what you will, you will, you will, you will put into fire. It will stay there. So what is stone? Stone is something that is built against fire. It's something that is built against consumption. Praise the Lord. Are you getting my point? Faith. So it means the foundation of Zion. So when they say the foundation of Zion, they mean the, the foundation of ascension in God. Zion is the mountain of ascension. Right? At the foundation of ascension, any soul that you find ascending, that soul, check under the soul. What is, what is their, their stature being built on? It's a stature of faith. You need to now realize then that every soul that has the foundation of faith is a soul that has gained victory over the gates of hell. Why? Because the gate of hell is the pulpit of that which is against faith. Do you get what I'm saying? The gate of hell is the pulpit against what? That which, now what is that against? It's called the fear of death. The, f- the fear of death is a message. For every message of faith that is being preached, they can preach 10. Imagine that you hear the message of faith once on Sunday, and then you go home. Then from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning. Amen. Do you get what I'm trying to tell you? So, they need to equip us to see what is coming out of the the hell's gates. That there are many things that we internalize that are messages from hell. You just take it. Ah, you have to do this before. When you are this age, you've never okay, why, why, okay, why, why, why all this... um, 
thing? Why all this haste? Why? For I lay in Zion for a foundation, right? A stone, a tri stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And that he that believeth shall not make haste. So it means that the, the framing of God's building is against haste. God builds against haste. Is against haste. Zion is a mountain against hastiness. It takes a, a soul that has been healed from haste to climb upward. When men are running to and fro, being tossed to and fro, it's very clear a soul that has been tossed to and fro, they call them by every wind of doctrine in Ephesians chapter 4. So be you no longer children. That word children means that you, you don't have maturity. Be no more children who are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Wind of doctrine are the, are the, the wind from hell. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wind of doctrine means spirits. What spirits are peddling? Yes, Praise God. That you be no longer tossed to and fro by every what wind of what doctrine. So the, 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 a soul that has stopped being tossed to and fro is a soul that has found, a soul that has found composition to take upward climbing. To climb upward. This is the thing with upward journey. The thing with upward journey is that the moment you begin to go up, you stop measuring distance horizontally. So a lot of time, when a soul is going upward, those who are watching the soul on the earth, why you stop moving? Now, of course, they cannot see. You get what I'm trying to say? They don't have the sight to, to measure elevation. So all we see is in one spot. Why are you in this spot? Because on the plane where they can see, you are not making movement. But they cannot see that you are, you are taking another movement. So if you, are, if you are still, your life is still full by the validation of men. You know some of us, you can't, you can't bear to stay. Men will see you going, you know what I mean? You have to be... And then when you come around heaven, when it's time to climb, climbers say, look, man, you have to die to that thing. We are not interested in your to and froness. We are inter- in- interested in your elevation. He that believeth, he that believeth doesn't make haste. He that believeth. When, when I say that word, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing stone. When I say he that believeth, I'm seeing stone. Mm. He that believeth is, is, is a perpetual, is a position. Mm. A position. When you, have, when you have taken a position that is immovable, mm. when, you, when you make a decision that nothing on the earth can move me, after, after a while, Paul said, None of these things move me. None of these things move me. I'm not moved by anything anymore. A soul who has become immovable is a soul that the gates of hell has lost its battle. Hey, they say we have lost this one. No. Why is he not moving? I need to thinking about tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. You know that tomorrow means has his fear. When time you hear tomorrow, when a soul hears tomorrow, when a soul hears next year, next two years, next five years, the Jesus said, take no thought, take no thought. 
take no thought. Now, just was then saying, take no thought. He said, so for which of you, through taking thought, can add one cubit? He was talking about upward. You know, cubit is upward movement. Jesus knew that through taking thought, you can journey far horizontally, but through taking thought, you can never add cubit to your stature. He was teaching about stature. So beings who are interested in going up, that was what Jesus was saying. If you want to go up, the way they, where they build my, the church is upon beings who have gained stability. Stones who have become stony. Beings who have become stony in their nature. Thank you. Thank you. For an Oshiprahatona. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. They, they, they want to introduce us to, there's a life which stones live. It's different from the life of grasses and leaves and flowers. Flowers and grasses, they respond to wind. Stones do not. The, the stone is an image of death. What I mean death is, is dead to prevailing wind. And a, a, a grass is alive. A grass, as the, the wind comes, it moves. It can't disobey the wind. To and fro, it's tossed to and fro. That's a grass, like the flower of the field that today is, tomorrow is not. But a stone is different. You say, behold, I, I lay in Zion for a foundation, what? A stone. Praise God. In first Peter, I say to whom coming as unto a living stone. That was talking about Jesus. So the being that you are coming unto is a living stone. And the spirit, you need to sight Jesus. Can you have an image of Jesus right now and, and see his stony nature? Jesus, a, a nature that doesn't shift, it doesn't move. That's a, the nature of the Christ nature is a stony nature. Is a stone. Christ is a stone in the spirit. The hell, all of hell tried to shift him. Hell broke. Now we can't move such a being. Trying to move him out or shift him outside of the will of God. They couldn't. So he said, You coming. So your coming is, that word coming is an upward coming. Right? To whom coming as unto a living stone, then you also as what? As lively stone. Let's read that place. First Peter, quickly, chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 2, verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, First Peter 2, verse 1. 
Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. And if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, verse 4, to whom coming as unto a living stone that is disallowed and indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. That word Christ is a stone is disallowed of men. That word disallowed means men don't allow him. Everything about his, his nature, his way is not allowed. That word allow means in man's own conversation, we don't, man doesn't allow thought that are of a stony nature. If you give a man a choice, take this thought that is about taking care of your tomorrow. Then look at this one. It doesn't care about your tomorrow too much, but it's about building you up to God. Man will choose this one and throw this one aside. It means that it is disallowed. That would allow me. Men don't allow him. They don't allow that kind of nature in their conversation. Praise God. So he says, coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but that particular, see that kind of attitude, the, the attitude that thinks upward, that chooses upward movement to horizontal movement on the earth, that such a nature is chosen of God. That when, men, when God is coming to choose, God knows men who think about their life and those who are dying to their life so that they can pick up another, another, another profession, which is the upward profession towards him. Amen. He says that, that disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, that verse 5, you also as lively stone. So he's speaking of, he used the word living stone. A living stone is a stone that has settled into, the, into, the, into its a precious position in Zion. So a living stone is a stone that, is, that, is sti- that has finished is that upward movement and has settled. Do you get what I'm saying? That's who our Lord, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ is. So it says, you coming as unto him, praise God, verse 5, then you also as lively stones, so you as lively stones, lively stones is different from living stone. He is a living stone. You are a lively stone. So lively stones are stones that are still in the journey to become living stones. Right? They are stones that are being built up. Verse 5, that ye also as lively stones are built upward a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer upward spiritual sacrifices acceptable to who? To God by Jesus Christ. Spiritual sacrifices that are what? Acceptable to God. So it means that this, this training is to bring a soul to a point where a soul can serve God what? Acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So a soul that serves God acceptably with reverence and godly fear is a spiritual house, 
a holy priesthood that can offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, to God by whom? By Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So, li- lively stones, then m- the mountain of Zion in the spirit is the mountain of lively stones. Praise God. You know, the, at the base of the mountain, uh, Isaiah 28, I lay in Zion for a foundation. Foundation means the beginning. So, Means that the beginning of Zion is a stone. I lay in, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. Then a tried stone. That stone must be tried. So there are different kinds of lively stones. There are lively stones that have tried stones. Then there, for after being tried, a lively stone can become a precious cornerstone. Then after a while, that lively stone can then become a sure foundation. When it becomes a sure foundation, it has become a living stone. So a, a sure foundation is not the first stone that is laid for a foundation. There is the, it's a stone that's a stone without qualification is laid in Zion, which is just a pure faith stone. It's just a pure a faith stone, but that faith stone has to be tried. Then when that stone is tried, it's trying of the faith, the trying of your faith being much, much more precious. So trying brings preciousness. So that's why a stone, a tried stone, then a precious cornerstone. Do you see that? So the precious cornerstone is a stone that has gone through trials. Do you see that? The trying of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Praise God, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ. So you see, the tried stone becomes precious, right? Then it becomes a precious cornerstone. Praise the Lord. Then after the while, it now becomes, when, because of his, when it's accepted, it becomes a sure foundation. That sure foundation is called, it's called the foundation of God that standeth sure. Behold, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, that the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let him that nameth the name of God, of Christ, depart from what? Iniquity. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so it means that the, the mountain of Zion is a mountain of stones in the spirit. If you are not, if you are not ready for stony life, forget about Zion. So you now see that the journey of separation is the induction into stony conversation. There's a separation. There's a thought. There are thoughts that grasses take. And there are thoughts that stones take. Do you see that? What are the conversations of grasses? Check the conversation of a grass. It's all about the things he fears. That's a grass for you. Separation is moving from being driven from what you fear to being driven by fate. It's another way of living upon the earth. It's men who are separate are men who live, who, who live without being driven by fear. Men who can look at their fear and ignore it. I, I, understand, I understand what you are trying to tell me, but I really don't care anymore about this thing. That's a stone talking. He's a separated being. He's, not, he's a Levite. He's not like the Israelite. 
who care about their land and their crop and their harvest and everything. This one, they left, they've left the, the camp. They came around the tabernacle. They are standing, they are looking at the building of faith. All they see is Zion. The building of the house of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's the sense of a separated soul. The conversion of a separated soul is not, is not grassy. They have, a separated soul doesn't pay attention to corruption. Things that corrupt, that fade. Things that today is and is no more. Take a flower to a corruptible soul. Say, thank you, this flower looks beautiful. But what about, can this flower last? You know that it's today is and tomorrow. That all flesh is grass and its glory is as the flower of the field that faded away. That today is there, but tomorrow is no, is no more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said praise the Lord. So, so you see that separation is, is, is when a soul can, you can, when in your mind, in your heart, your mind, your heart, your conversation, you're able, you're able to download different, a different kind of um, now faith. What is faith? You have to define faith. They say faith in the Hebrews chapter, chapter 11, verse 1. That faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and is the evidence of things not seen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it means that both faith and fear look into the future. They are both future looking. Somebody who doesn't care about tomorrow can never fear. What is he afraid of? Everybody who is afraid of something is afraid of what might happen. That's the nature of fear. They are, so they tell you that fear came from faith. So the being who invented fear, he took faith and turned it around. In himself. He's, so that's why Jesus now began to tie the. He was, he was actually teaching fear against fear in Matthew chapter 6 when he was teaching concerning the eyes. That there are, two, there are two kind of eyes a person can have. You can have an evil eye or you can have a single eye. They are both looking out into the future. But, but who is looking and what are you seeing? You can look with the eye of faith or you can look with the eye of fear. They, are, they, they can both see the future and interpret it. But they look into different futures. One looks on the earth. The other one looks upward. Do you know there's an upward future? I don't, how many of you believe that? You don't really, some of us don't, cannot see upward future. Some of us, when they tell you, ah, next year, you look next. Next year, according to your earthly life. Then how many of us look next year? Hey. You are looking at things that you need to grow into. How many of you conceptualize your next year in that way? Can you, can you look for your stature of next year? Next two years? Can you daydream about who you need to become? Can you daydream about your ascension? That's the eye of faith. Is a foundation that looketh upward. You have an upward future. Do you know that? Your future is not just your next promotion. I know some of us already have it, but your managers have told you. 
by this time next year, when we do your performance uh, review, no, no, no. is the next. We know that, and thanks. I'm not against all that. I, I, I love, I love performance review. I love, <laughs> I love um, promotion, increasing your pay. All of, thank God for those things. But that's not, that's not. Let those things not be the substance of things you hope for. Ah. Ah. There is something called the blessed hope. Looking for that blessed hope and the appearance of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's another, it's another hope, another hope, another hope. It's called, it's called the hope in the glory of God. Therefore, being justified by faith. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. We have peace with God. By whom? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and hope in the glory. Am I correct? Romans 5, if you are looking at it. Hope. Hope in the glory of God. Correct? So, the hope of what? Of the glory of God. Then not only so. Sorry? Not only so. We glory in tribulation. Why? Tribulation walketh patience. Patience, experience. Experience hope. And hope, make it not, make it not ashamed because the love of God, of God is shed abroad in our hearts. In our heart by the, the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Are you seeing another thing? Now, there's a kind of, of mind that makes a person look into the future and see tribulation and is okay. With it. Now, can fear look into the future and see tribulation and be okay with it? So the I, so it's a, so the problem is who is preaching the future. They say, ah, by this time next year you, you won't have a job. Hey, yes, there are some of us that our mind cannot. You will go into like your your if care is not taken, you might faint because you don't have buffer in your person to handle such an information. Are you getting what I'm saying? But another kind of being can see, oh, oh, not having a job, ah, that could be some kind of dealing, man. Ah. <laughs> you begin to, your heart, your heart begin to peruse about the possibility of tribulations and what, that, that the, the patience, it could work. Yes. Ah. Mm. Such season could actually work some kind of patience. Mm. It might not be all bad. Mm. That's a different kind of being. A different, that's a separated soul. Yeah. Tribulation, work at patience. Patience, experience. Ah! I think New King James call it experience, character. Yes, sir. Patience, character. Only upward beings think of character. Yeah. If, you're, if, you, if you're not upward, you don't think of character. Character, hope. Hope doesn't disappoint. It means that that hope will be substantiated. 
Because the Lord of God is shed abroad by the, by the Holy Ghost. Shed abroad. So, it means what you're actually hoping for is that the shedding abroad of love in the heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, you can begin to, ch- to change conversation from fear to faith. What makes you not love your brother? Is it, is it because of... It's not fear. It's fear now. It's fear. Why, don't, why can't you just open your heart and just love him or her? You're afraid of something. You might not know what you're afraid of. There are different things you could be afraid of. But when you see someone who is not loving, they're afraid of something. But imagine they can turn that fear to faith. Because you see, charity, you see, charity, it, it opens all things. There are many things. It means that charity is not just, let's just go and love. Right? Is that charity, first of all, is patient, is kind. What are, what are the, what the rest? Suffereth long. Are you seeing all these things? Envious not. Does not vaunt itself. It's not puffed up. It's not easily provoked. It opens all things. It believes all things. Endureth all things. Never faileth. That one is not God. I say God is talking of a person that has charity. Can they tell you one day you never feel it? So charity is the nature of a being. You have a imagine a person that never feel it. When it comes to love, when it comes to love, this one he never feel it. He doesn't fail. Now, someone who has fears can never be like that. You would do, you would do, you would do charity to a point where that, when you, the gate of hell will talk about something. The gate of hell just needs to reveal something that brother or sister you are supposed to love. And say, you see this person here, there's something that, <laughs> they will just paint you a picture of. <laughs> The gates of hell. Gates of hell. So, nobody can participate in heavenly ministry without fear. With fear. Ministry of ascension. Anything has to do with height. Say height. Height doesn't like fear. Fear of height. Every every soul is born with the fear of height. Not just, your, not just body now. What? So. When, okay, can we take you? Hey! Where are you taking me to? <laughs> we don't like distance between. We love it. In fact, they will now send a person who can be a dealing to shift you. They want to give you space from the ground. And through dealing, you know, this guy is shifting me off my balance. You don't want, you don't want to be shifted off your balance. It takes faith to go upward. You need faith to take flight. A, a spirit will tell you, ha, ah, this flight thing is good though. Look, what if your engine fails? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of plane crash before? <laughs> It's all nice if you are up there or everything, but what if something happens? You know what I mean? 
What is your love work? I mean, look. <laughs> the money can finish you. <laughs> How much is your house rent every month? <laughs> Those are very rational conversations. Mm -hmm. the, the, the spirit, they were just like, we are just, we're not, we are your friend. We're just coming advice. to help you, see. <laughs> it's just, just advice, we're just advising you. Yeah. Walk in love, but you know what I mean? You have to reasonable. be reasonable. Plan or financial planning. See, yeah. if banks can crash, who are you? <laughs> Not just banks. If economy can crash, stock market. <laughs> what Jesus said, take no thought for your life. Take no thought for your life. Take no thought. When you say take, because where men take thought from is hand of spirits. Yes, they take thought. Wow. Take thought. Don't take it. When they bring it, don't take it. You can see a thought and not take it. You tell her, no, we don't, we, don't, we don't think this kind of thought. We don't think for the moral. The moral takes care of itself. But rather we seek first the kingdom of God and his, and his righteousness. It's righteousness. His righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just telling you about how stones talk and think and the conversation of stones. These are the, these are the, the thinking pattern that will open you up to heavenly ministry. When angels see a man who thinks that way, ah, ah, I mean that this guy is not thinking about tomorrow, he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking upward. How can you think upward thought and the height won't come and meet you? Amen. You call them. You call them. When you reject the, the cares of life, taking, refuse those things as your meditation. Then you say, okay, what are angels thinking? Let's think that instead. They say, you want to think our thought? They say, okay, but you can't think our thought without us sharing nature. Do you want what I'm taking? You know, it's called a true thinking faith. True faith thought. You begin to become faithful. You find your nature just begin to change. They will begin to, they can change someone who is flesh in their soul to a stone because that person is thinking thought of faith. He's, 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 not, he's, not being, he's not giving into the pressure of fear. It takes a stone to stand against the wind of fear and then say, no, I refuse not to be afraid. And then when you take a stand in faith, that stand will be tried. Praise God. <clears throat> So the ministry of Zion is the ministry of, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to, back to Psalm, we'll close in Psalm. 
Thank you, Jesus. Psalm, let's read Psalm 102. Psalm 102. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 102, verse, verse, um, Psalm 102, verse 13. Praise God. It says, Thou shalt arise and, and have mercy upon Zion. Amen. For the time to favor her, yeah, the time, the set time is come. There's a time to favor Zion. For, for thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. Verse 15, so the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth thy glory. And when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall what? Appear where? In his glory. When he shall do what? Build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. For he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. And this shall be written for the generation to come. And the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. And he shall, he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to lose those that are appointed to death, and to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his word praise in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> now, so in verse 14 it says that thy, thy servant take pleasure in where? In her stones. So this pleasure in the stones of Zion, um, is, there is something about the, about the, about the, the season that Zion brings upon the soul. That if the soul doesn't take pleasure in, in such season, you don't partake. That Zion is a, is, a, is a place where you must find Zion pleasurable. That's the, that's the secret of Zion. Glory in tribulation. What's the meaning of that? It's not just we endure tribulation. You glory. There's a glory. Now, you sure you know that there's something that the, the, when, you, when you hit a stone, there's something that, the, that hitting up a stone should do. It should bring forth glow. That's part of the test. Part of the test of of the stone of Zion is the stone picking up the glow which the fire of Zion is bringing. So you see that fire, the heat of the fire, you know coal is like, it's a stone. I don't know of charcoal. It's not charcoal that they burn in the altar. It is coal. Uh-huh. Coal is different from charcoal. Charcoal is wood. But coal is actually a stone from the earth. Cross. It's a kind of stone that they burn. And then so when you burn coal, coal begins to glow. Are you seeing that? So uh, this, the, the, that glow of the, of the stone of Zion is a sign that the, the stone has arisen into pleasure. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the pleasure of Zion is the, is the measure of the extent of fear which Zion has wrought. When I'm saying fear now, I'm saying fate. Yes, sir. Right? And actually, fear is not just fate. Fear is fate that has become love. Right? The fear of the Lord is the nature of charity. Praise God. The fear of the Lord is what? The nature of charity. So fear is what becomes love. Or what you call charity is fear of the Lord. That's why it's hard to see love as fear. Why, why is fear love? Why is fear love? Why is fear love? Why is fear love? Praise God. Love without fear is love that has not been fully purified yet. The, the fear of the Lord is, is a pure fear. He called it charity. Then he says, love one another fervently out of a pure heart. The word fervency means fairy love with fire. That is, love with fire can only come out of a pure heart, out of a heart that is purified. Another word for love is the, love is the, is the complete abandonment of one's own will. If you, are, if you are trying to love him and your will is still there, you can't love. Your will will always be waking up and stopping you. When you're trying to, to muster the love, the, your will will talk to you about all these things you are trying to push towards that side. What about, about our own? Your will will always talk about your own. And then you see that your own thought is the impurity in love. is the spot in your love feast. The, what spoils love is thought about your own. Anytime thought about yourself, you are trying to love, thought about yourself comes, it will spoil it. Are you seeing that? So that thought about one's own self is the, it means that you still have a, a will that is living that has not yet been purified. Praise God. So, so it's, it's difficult to ignite the fire of brotherly love when one still has fear for his own things. And then that fear for his own things is the word impurity. So is that impurity that the fire of the sanctuary wants to deal with? So if it, when you think of a coal, a coal that is burning, that glows, what makes it glow means that it, all the impurity is gone, that it is fully taken over. There's no longer anything in it that's separate. It is faith that has been tried with fire that has been found unto praise, honor, and glory. Praise the Lord. So that, that fairy, that burning state of love, praise the Lord, is what you call the fear of the Lord. So fear of the Lord is not just, ah, I'm afraid of God. The fear of the Lord is a, 
is a type of faith that has, it's a type of faith that has been purified. The fear of the Lord is pure faith. Faith that has become pure because it no longer thinks of its own anymore. It has so much purity. Bless you, the Lord, all you ministers of his that do his pleasure. That do his pleasure. Well, how do they do his pleasure? They can't do his pleasure if his pleasure is not in them. Yes, sir. Praise God. They can't do his pleasure if what? His pleasure is not in them. So it's very clear that the, the pleasure of God is his fear. Are you seeing that? Don't think of fear. When you think of fear of God, don't think in that sense of afraid of things. That one is the sense that the world brought. You get what I'm saying? That word fear is kind of like a faith response. God's fear is not fearing him. Like the fear that has torment that makes you dry, go away. The fear of God is, the, is pleasure. It's pleasure. Fear is what makes the heart... Is, it makes, and that word for fear is also, it's also like trembling, right? But the trembling before God is the trembling of pleasure. A lot of times we don't know these things because they are not in our world. They are very scarce in our world. Some of you, are, do you know the fear of love before? The fear is the kind of, is the fear you fear when you love somebody. It's not the same. It's a, some of you, might, I don't know if you've experienced that before. It's a fear. It's love. High. When love is... When love is very high, it will produce a fear. It's a holy fear. It's not trembling. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You've not loved before to a point where you begin to fear. It's trembling. What is the fear? Is that you love is the fear is also is the fear is the fear of of death is the fear of life. They put fear of life, fear of death. We talk about those who through the fear of death have been all their lives subject to bondage and all of that. Now fear fear of death means what is fear? Fear is that thing that that makes you uneasy about separation. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. 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 Is the, the fear. You love it so much, you are afraid of anything that will separate it. Yeah. That's the fear of love. Wow. Do you see that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. yeah. So that is the fear. Because you, you want to, this thing must stay. This thing has to, it has to stay. That is godly fear. That's godly fear. Do you see what the fear of God is? He's trembling. So under this man, when I look, that's a broken heart of a contrite spirit that trembles at my word. It's not because he wants to run away. There is the fear that leads to separation. That's the devil's one. That's the fear of the devil. There's the fear that of separation. You are afraid of being separated from him. That's the healthy fear. That's the fear that when, when, when you have faith, to that point, you've broken into charity. Mm. Oh. 
It's that attitude that makes you hope all things, believe all things. That's what will make you take no account of wrong. It's like it, charity is not a passive fear. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a warrior. Charity is a warrior. Ch charity fights. Charity has an, an innate response against anything that will separate. It is fierce. It is fairy. You, can't, you cannot persuade it to go. You cannot, you cannot beg it to stop. There's nothing you can do. You try, you will offend it and offend it and it will still be there. That's, the, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's charity. Nobody can ever love like that with thought about yourself. You can never. Only such charity, he calls it charity out of a pure heart. It's out. It only comes out of a pure heart. It means that it's a love that can only be produced by fire. It's when the fire has consumed you, what is left is what God has put there. Yes, Only such a thing can love in such a way. Praise God. So you those ministers of his that do his pleasure, those are, these are natures of spirits that when you, when, you, when you relate with heaven, they begin to download such attitude. Powerful. There will be a time you begin to see such love among brethren. Yeah. You begin to see it. Brethren will begin to love in such a way. You see brethren who are so, who are so knit together that there is nothing that can bring. So what, what will separate us from the love of Christ? That was Romans chapter 8. Will what? Persecutions? Let's read that. Trials, peril, will sword. Praise God. Romans chapter 8. We're about to close now. Amen. I don't know. Are you blessed today? I don't know. I was blessed. This morning. Amen. The Lord just, is just helping us to define, it's hard to define spiritual things. But let's see. Verse 35. It says, For who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That love of Christ is charity. Amen. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or what? Or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. In all the, which, what are the things? In tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril. So it means that these are the things that they, this, these things are actually the fires. They will, when they being say, okay, you have faith, let's subject you to tribulation. Then what of peril? You know what peril is? Praise God. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness. These are things they tamper with different needs. So you've seen all these things that the preaching of the gates of hell is to bring you preparation. That there's a way that you need to prepare against nakedness, prepare against peril, against tribulation, against all these things. Are you getting what I'm saying? But in the school of ascension, through in a controlled manner, they can expose your heart to these things. 
and expose you to all those things in different ways, praise the Lord. And then they will check, can these things separate you? That's what, that's the school, that's going through fire. When you speak about your faith being tried with fire, is the exposure of your heart to the, first of all, they expose your heart to the, to the possibility of these things. Some souls run at that place. They've not even brought it. They just try to give you the picture of such things coming to you. And people lose their formation. But, they, but a soul will be tried with these things. And, and the soul must come to a point where, nay, in all these things, you are what more than a conqueror. Say, more than a conqueror. Praise the Lord. I said, praise God. Praise the Lord. Are you blessed today? Does this kind of message bless you? <laughs> praise God. It is like a difficult message. Hi, you want to kill us, love, this kind of love, I don't understand. It is help for our soul. You find that you've not lived until you've lived this kind of love. You've not really lived until you've loved in this kind of way. It's another world, it's another life entirely, which heaven is bringing to us. This is the school and the preparation to, to loving God. It is souls like this that God will now receive. Say, so, ah, yeah, being like this, we can talk to you about our judgment. Because when we are talking about God's judgment, you can't be thinking about your life. That school is too quick, it's too intense, it's too, it's too sharp. You need, you, need being, you need beings who have been sharpened, who they've removed so much from their self, their own self has died. Such students are the ones who you can make attentive in God's school. It's like taking maybe my daughter or somebody who is in maybe GS1, now bring them into a PhD class and make them learn. They can't stand such things. They can't even have focus because nothing is meant anything to them. But you must have gone through a lot of killings to a point where you die in one realm. You appear in another realm. Then such people, they begin to teach them. Teach them with the secret of the Lord with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Please just begin to bless God today. And thank him for his word. Thank you, Paul. Thank the Lord for, for blessing you and just with your heart, just connect with the. It's very clear these are promises that everything that is being revealed that we need to grow into, we need to become our. They are promises of God. They are blessings of God, which he wants to bless our soul with. Just begin to, to, to bless God and, and let your heart just, you know, just respond to the word in your own way. There are some of us, you are seeing these dealings in one way or another. You are seeing the Lord begin to deal with you in one way or another in this line, in this part. Some of us is in your, your faith conversation. Some of us is in the, the denial of the fears and the cares of this world. Yeah, some of us, they are pushing us further. They are revealing the full standard of love, the full standard of charity. They are showing us the next steps, the next place, the next dimension of God's standard. Your heart begins to see. Let's begin to pray that... There will begin to be revelation, revelation of God's will to you in 
different dimension. The good will, the acceptable will, the perfect will of God. I will teach you how to offer, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Let's begin to pray for the journey of sanctification. Begin to pray for the calling, the holy calling to, to Zion. Let's begin to pray that the Lord will make your soul a full partaker. That the Lord will help you by grace, by grace, by grace. That we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Begin to pray for mercy, mercy of heaven, the mercy of God. Begin to pray for the mercy of God, the mercy of God, mercy of God, the mercy of God. The way you ought to begin to present your bodies, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you begin to present your bodies as living sacrifice. Begin to pray that the grace to begin to prove, so that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That word proving means you need to, your, your, your spiritual mind needs to, come, you need to receive them. They need to come into your, your spiritual mind. There has to be an understanding of the will. There has to be a comprehension of the will. That as the ministry of the will comes to you at different levels, wherever you are, that there will be a, a proof in your mind. The Lord will help your spiritual mind to begin to discern the will. You begin to discern the will that your heart will not shy away from the standard. Even as they are unveiling the love standard, they are unveiling the, the standard of faith. Begin to pray for help, help from heaven, help from heaven, help from heaven. Refata Maramasan de devotion te create a Gorodoske Repasa Emprasa Empresa Emprasa Lamprosete Bredebosco Revenhota Lemfada Matakaya O Repasson de Lebohona Ompranava Just begin to pray for baptism of fear Baptism of fear Baptism of fear And you will begin to receive grace by which you will serve God acceptably with reverence and with godly fear Begin to pray for that, that, that reverence and godly fear. Begin to pray, fear, fear. The fear that will produce purification. The fear that will make you no longer touch the unclean thing. The fear of being separated from him. Is that fear that will make you no longer touch unclean things. Begin to pray that the fear of the Lord will begin to increase in your heart. Fresh baptism, fresh baptism of fear. Fresh baptism of fear. Fresh baptism of fear. In the name of Jesus. Lay prayer to Gary Pascal and Amosia. Ropata Larabason Teregori and Tacrisu Kedegarabosia. Emprempantori Pantelebrem Balabazu Telebos Kategari and Abosa. Lemprantusian Takeredos Kente Kanteleba Sigarabosia. Reketeterienda Rabanot and Greposikra Balabazu Kedabosia. Begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray fear. 
you fear of separation, the fear of being separated from the Lord. Begin to ask the Lord to baptize your heart without fear. There will be a change in your fears. You will fear the right things. You begin to fear the right things. You stop fearing the wrong things. Begin to pray. The, the trembling of Zion, the trembling of Zion, the quaking of Zion will begin to come upon your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Bless your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you because you have blessed us this day. Thank you for every heart. God is blessed. Lord, I pray that you will not let this thing just go. These seeds, they are seeds of the kingdom. I pray, Father, that you will cause, let every heart be able to receive this seed. These are precious seed, precious seed, precious seed, precious seed of your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, let every seed germinate and begin to grow. And I ask that everything that you have said, Lord, will bring forth fruit in our hearts. We will bear the fruit of these things. We will bear their fruit by mercy and by grace. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your holy name. We bless you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for